We welcome you to the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. We are laying down the OTP earlier in the week than normal because of the holiday. It's on Wednesday. Amy Wells, welcome. Thank you for making time out of your busy schedule to join me. Mike Keith, my schedule's not that busy. I'm going to be honest with you. This is kind of what my world revolves around right now is this podcast. So anytime that we can do it, I'm here. Yes, and, and thank you to the OT people for the fantastic list of OTP cues that we received last week. We were so very thankful for those because we had Jim Wyatt and Coach Dave McGinnis take the time, and they were both very impressed with the questions. So when we ask them for time, and we're just not able to get them every week right now because everybody is running in different directions with this strange schedule of the year 2020 football-wise, everybody can't be together all at once very often, but we do like to pull the group together and do the OTPQs. So fire them off anytime you have a question, wherever you're listening in the world. And, and we get them literally from all over the world. Go to TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ and submit your question. We compile them. And then once we have a, a really good list together, we make a plan and we fire away with the group. And some of them were pretty blunt. What's wrong with the defense? And what's up with this? And why isn't this guy playing better? And I, I mean, we, we came with, with both barrels last week, I thought. Yeah, but I appreciate that. I like that we are able to address the questions that the OT people really have. You know, we're not just talking about fluffy stuff that we like to talk about. We can get down and dirty and talk about the things that matter to the people. And I like being able to have that interaction, especially when we're not able to see people as often as we like to. The OTPQs have been my favorite thing. And I check them once a week. Like this, I don't just look at it when we're doing a show. I have a running list of OTPQs that I want to fire at people. And I will say I got a lot of flack for not doing a touchdown Titans. Well, I'm still not going to. It was weak. Well, it wasn't weak. I think that my description of it was very accurate. You can't do it to the guy that does it. It's just you can't. No, you you can't. can't. No, you can't. Because if I mess it up, then I never hear the end of it. Or if I do a great job, then I also never hear the end of it. So no, there's no winning in this for me. No winning. No winning. No touchdown Titans for any. No touchdown Titans for you. But the great thing is, so we got all these tough questions, and then the team goes to Baltimore and plays like the Titans again. Isn't that great? It just makes me happy. Oh, The defense is getting better. You're, you're seeing things from this defense, just like you were seeing things in September and October, and you're like, yeah, this is great. We're winning, but I'm worried about this. You're starting to see things improve in certain areas, making the opponent kick field goals in the red zone, starting to play better on third down, making plays at key moments in the game. Breon Borders tipping a pass away, Imani Hooker tipping a pass away, Kevin Byard tipping a pass away. Those don't seem like massive things, 
but when when things start to come together, you're like, okay, you know, and an NFL team is it's it's almost like cooking a Thanksgiving meal. It takes a long time. And what the team looks like at the end is often very different than at the start, but it takes a while. And if you have a good team, just like the Thanksgiving meal, it's worth the wait, right? Mike Keith, this analogy is so good. It's making me so happy. But you, I mean, you're absolutely right. And these are the conversations that we have in September when everyone says, hey, this team's going to the Super Bowl or hey, this team is terrible. Both camps of people need to wait because there's so much that can happen throughout the course of the season. And now here we are in late November going into December, seeing what this team actually looks like. What does Dave McGinnis tell you to do in those situations? You're powder dry. and But it's hard. Mm-hmm. Because you, you have all of these people when the Titans are 5-0. and oh, oh, the ESPN poll has them number two. Guess what that means? Zero. Nothing. Now, that's what they got to do. That's their job. I mean, they got to fill content, and people want to talk about it. I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm just saying this is the hardest league to see because generally if the Lakers and the Celtics and the Bucks and whomever are playing great the first week of the NBA season, they're generally going to be playing great at the end of the NBA season. We knew the Dodgers had a really good team when baseball season started. I mean, we we knew, you know, we understood. and, And some teams come on and improve and they're surprises. But NFL teams, I mean, what you see in September is rarely something that makes total sense by the time you get to the end. Kansas City, maybe, because they got Patrick Mahomes, and they're the champs anyway. But, I mean, it's just such a long process. But, I mean, even look at the Titans roster right now. It looks dramatically different than it did in September when we started this thing. And that's for teams across the league. It's not just Titans specific. And that's kind of what happens over the course of the season. Things start to gel in certain areas and things get a little weird in other areas. This is the nature of football. So, I mean, I I hate it when Coach Mack tells me to keep my powder dry because it usually means that whatever I'm getting excited about is not something to get excited about. But when it comes to evaluating an NFL team, you've got to wait a little bit. But now's the time that we can start to get excited. Well, normally he's right, too. Yeah, but I try not to say that a lot to his face. So let's do this edition of the OTP with Titans statistics that we are thankful for. I like that. And these are things that now form trends because they're over a period of time that we can say are real. They're not too early. There, there are things that have percolated over the first three months of the season, and you say, okay, these are good things. I'm going to go first, and then I'll let you go. Okay. So the whole question I got in the offseason from everybody, everywhere I didn't go, everywhere I was on <laughs> virtually, but whether I was doing a talk or making an appearance on radio, TV show, whatever it was, everybody said, can Ryan Tannehill follow up 2019 and be as good in 2020 as he was last season. And I said, he doesn't have to. I said, he, he, he does not have to. 
if he's even a step below statistically, we're winning games. Because last year, as our starting quarterback, he had a 119.6 passer rating. That's crazy. Yes. I mean, that's crazy good. You know, the 22 touchdowns, he finishes with six interceptions. I mean, he's phenomenal. But as the starter, he's 119.6. I knew he wasn't going to do that again. I said he doesn't have to. And for us, as the Titans, if we got him over a 100 quarterback rating, he's still doing great. Well, guess what? Amy Wells, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, a passer rating of 106.6. Now, he's not averaging over nine yards in attempt, which was historically crazy good. That's why his passer rating is down. But 106.6? I'll take it. Oh, listen. I I mean, I am so thrilled with that. Now, that's down from 119.6, but he wasn't going to do that again. I mean, who cares? (laughs) I'm just saying I'm thankful that Ryan Tannehill has answered the question and has followed up 2019 with a great first 10 starts to 2020. Well, Mike, we've got to continue talking about things that we're thankful for when it comes to Ryan Tannehill, because look at this. He has had five, five. The OT people can't see it, but that's all five of my fingers right there. Five game winning drives in 2020. He's had eight game-winning drives since he's been a Tennessee Titans starting quarterback. That's crazy. Five game-winning drives in 2020. That's the guy that I want to be my QB1 all the time. Would you say he was worth the contract? Yeah, I'd say he was worth the contract. I say pay him again. That's what I say. He's going to get paid again next year. I mean, he gets paid every two weeks right now, but he'll... He'll get, I mean, he's that contract's going to pay him pretty well over the next few years, but seems like it was a pretty good investment. Yeah, I think so. I think. All right. So we're up on Ryan Tannehill. Give us another guy. Give us another stat. Give us someone else you're thankful for right now. Let's look at Corey Davis a little bit because Corey Davis had a great season and he's overcome so many different obstacles in 2020. But let's look at him a little bit because. From 2017 to 2019, Corey Davis had two games where he had 100-plus yards. Not bad. In 2020 alone, he has had three games where he has had 100-plus receiving yards. That's pretty good. Well, especially considering he missed a couple games during the COVID period. And so he's done that in eight games. Making more big plays, he had the 50-yard catch that really ignited the Titans in Baltimore. I'll take Corey Davis a step further. Here's another stat that I'm thankful for. Last year, Corey Davis, 43 catches, 601 yards, two touchdowns. This year in eight games already, 39 catches, 549 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, we know he was hurt last year. We didn't know that at the time. But there's a pretty good chance that – in Indianapolis, he will catch enough passes that he will surpass his season a year ago. And so I think becoming the compliment to A.J. Brown, and A.J. has 36 catches for 540 yards and seven touchdowns. So A.J. is doing A.J. things again. <laughs> 
here's the wild thing. There is a legitimate shot with the Titans getting the passing game restarted that Corey and AJ surpass a thousand yards receiving. Six games to go. Both of them would need to average, oh, what is that? 75 yards per game, 80 yards per game, something like that. Yeah. Not crazy, not insane. I mean, if this team's running and then they're throwing off play action, Corey and AJ have a chance to do this, and you've got that one-two threat that you dreamed of. And I'm very thankful that Corey has been able to put up the numbers he has, not just for the Titans, but for Corey. And I, I think it's it's been gratifying to see Titans fans be as excited as they are for him. Well, Mike Keith, we are about 17 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't mentioned Derrick Henry, which is I think a new record for the two of us. He usually comes up much earlier in the program, but I am thankful for this King Henry stat. In the first three quarters of a football game, Derrick Henry is averaging 66 yards and about 3.9 yards per carry. Not bad. In the fourth quarter and in overtime, Derrick Henry averages 42 yards and 7.1 yards per carry. So to everyone who says that Derrick Henry seems to get stronger as the day goes on, those numbers seem to back that up. There you go. He's like Mario. He is. But, you know, I think, honestly, I'm not surprised by the second part of your stat because that's who he is and that's what he does. And But the 66 yards and almost four yards of carry in the first three quarters – with how teams set up to stop him, that's pretty impressive in and of itself. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you see teams going out of their way to stop Derrick Henry. Every single team in the NFL knows that Derrick Henry is a machine and they have to shut him down. To have that much production when defenses are not tired, are intentionally trying to stop him, uh, that speaks to him and what he's able to accomplish and the monster that he is just in and of itself. So the fact that he's able to do that and then just eat defenses when they start to get a little sleepy in the fourth quarter. I like that too. Good stuff. I got a couple for you. How about this one? Anthony Ferkser, 29 catches, which surprises me. I, I did not think Ferkser would have this many catches through 10 games. I mean, he's on pace for a nearly 50 catch season. As the second tight end, 14 of those catches are on third down. And so you see teams now, when they cover Ferkser, they are not putting linebackers on him anymore on third down. They're trying different combinations, and he's still beating them. <laughs> Here's my other one, and I'm, I'm thankful for the stats that Harold Landry has put up. Quietly, Harold Landry is having a, a really nice year that I think can elevate in the last six games of the season. Currently, 47 tackles. So he's on pace for over 70 tackles, which is a nice year for a guy who plays outside linebacker. Three and a half sacks, eh, but we know he can get hot and he leads the team in sacks. He had that five-game stretch a year ago where he had sacks in every one of those games. I think he may do that. I think we may see Landry do that. Leads the team in tackles for loss. Leads the team in quarterback pressures. 
and has an interception. But if you had any doubt who Harold Landry was to this defense, the three plays in overtime, he was phenomenal. What effort. And this dude is playing, what, 95% of the snaps? Something crazy. I mean, he doesn't come off the field. I think he's an underrated player for this Tennessee Titans defense that as they get better down the stretch, I think he may get better. We've got two more, but I want to I want to mention something. Here's something I'm thankful for. I got to put my glasses on to make sure I read it right. Okay. We love Dunkin' Donuts. We do. So I'm going to read this. This is a stat for you. Hey, Titans fans, get a kick before kickoff with Dunkin'. DD Perks members, you've got the app, right? I do. You you sold me on the app. You've got to get the app and be a DD Perks member. You could score four times the points on any beverage every Titans game day during the regular season when you order ahead on the Duncan app. So the other day before we went to the stadium, you ordered on the Duncan app. You got four times the points. I didn't realize that. Yes, look at you. Check my app. Download the Duncan app today and order ahead for your in-store carryout or drive-through pickup for a quick contactless experience. Just use your phone to order and pay. Make Duncan part of your game day ritual and score not one time, not two times, not three times, four times the points to help keep you running all season long. Titans fans run on Duncan. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. That's a good thing. Mike Keith, that's the best stat that you've read this whole time. I don't know about that, but you may be overselling slightly, but it is awfully good from our friends at Duncan. I think you're underselling how much I like free coffee. If you get four times the points. You get there faster. If you order one of those fancy latte things that you do, I mean, you're on your way to a free drink just anytime. (laughs) The fancy latte things are really good. (laughs) I know. Well, I like the breakfast sandwiches too. That's my, Mm. that's my bag. You love a good breakfast sandwich. I love a good breakfast sandwich. Okay, so we've now oversold totally, but that's okay because fans of the OTP, the OT people know we love the Dunkin' and we appreciate them supporting one of our great Titans partners, Dunkin' Donuts. Here's the other thing. Get a donut. (laughs) Yeah, like this isn't hard. It's called Dunkin' Donuts. Go get a donut. (laughs) Get a donut. I mean, you don't have to do anything. Get a donut. It's not hard. You can order it ahead. You just walk in, someone hands you a donut, and you they walk They hand out. you a donut, you're out. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's the dream. Last two stats we're thankful for. Mike, you were talking earlier about quietly successful players on this Tennessee Titans team, and here's one, Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith doesn't have a lot of pump and circumstance about him. He just kind of goes about his business. But did you realize that when he catches the ball in the end zone, the Tennessee Titans win the ball game? 5-0 and when he catches a touchdown pass. You know, he scored eight touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. 30 catches. That is a high percentage of the Titans' total touchdowns. Yeah. Not bad. A.J. has seven. And then Derrick Henry has nine total. So, yeah, I, th- I like that stat. I'll end it with this. The Titans have 279 points through 10 games. That means they're on pace for 446 points. And wow. 446 points would be the most points in the Titans era. I'm thankful for that. I I didn't know it, but I really love offense. Yeah. I thought I only loved defense, but it is so much fun to be around a team. When they started scoring the other day, and you know, the Titans scored on their last four possessions in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. If you don't count the kneel down, which I don't, the kneel down right at the end of regulation after the Tucker field goal, that's not really a possession. 
They scored on their last four possessions. They scored two touchdowns and two field goals against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, let's stop and think about that. 25 games against the Baltimore Ravens. Titans fans know this series. Mm-hmm. They know, I mean, if, if I told you most weeks against the Baltimore Ravens, you could score 16 points, you would be happy. You'd be like, well, we got a chance to win the game, scored 16. Were they aesthetically pleasing games to watch? No. Golly. I mean, it was punts and guys getting taken off the field. And so this game was hard hitting. And I don't know that it was aesthetically pleasing all the time. And yet 30 points you scored against the Baltimore Ravens, 430 yards you gained against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Crazy. It's crazy. The last time you played the Baltimore Ravens, you scored 28 points. I'm thankful for offense. I mean, it's a it's a totally different world for me. Remember when, not too long ago, every week we were saying the Tennessee Titans need to score points? Like, every single week, that was the key to the game. And now the Titans are scoring points, and it's marvelous. People would laugh because they would say, well, of course you need to score points. You know, that's your key to the game, scoring points. Like, oh, yes, I guess outscoring the opposition. But what what you meant by that. And, and I did the math after the 2018 season when the Titans averaged 18, 19 points a game. And the playoff teams in the AFC that year averaged a full touchdown more. I mean, the fact of the matter is in today's game, you have to be able to score. And, and here are the stats I pulled on that. And I don't know if I'm thankful for these, but these are interesting stats. NFL teams are averaging 359 yards of total offense per game. That's the average. 117 rushing, 242 passing. So NFL teams, on average, if you go with that 242 number extrapolated over 16 games, that means NFL teams are going to average a 4,000-yard passing season. Almost. Well, that's unheard of. I mean, 65.7% of passes in the NFL are complete. So two out of every three passes that are thrown are complete. Offensive game. For all of the talk about defense, I mean, you can be as good as you want to be, but because of the rules, because of the play design, because of everything that goes with it, um, you've, you've got to be able – to score points. And that's what has elevated the Titans is they can now score points. And, you know, 446 points, I mean, that's outstanding. If if the Titans could average more than 28 per game the last six games of the season, I think they're I think they're gonna be just fine. <sighs> I'm so excited for the rest of the season. This thankful exercise right now has given me so much excitement for the rest of the season. I mean, we're not blowing smoke here. These are just the numbers. These are facts and figures. This is an exciting football team. Let's get on to November, December football. Let's go. Well, see, what we want the OT people to do is call your favorite radio show and then cite these numbers as your own. Don't credit us. Just say them. Just, just say them. Just throw them at the hosts. Just say, let me tell you about this and then see what they do. Bonus points if you live in a different country and just call in like a 
news talk radio. News talk show. Yeah, they're t- <laughs> just about these numbers. Whatever program you want. Just they're talking in. about European soccer and you call in and throw out these numbers. <laughs> but it's good stuff. You're listening to the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of healthcare coverage. All right, so we started doing something. We weren't able to do it last week, but I, I really, really like it. And that is, who loves the Titans? A chance to chat with some famous Titans fans about their passion so you, as one of the OT people, can see, hey, I'm just like this guy, or hey, I'm just like this girl. They love the Titans just like I do, and their stories are often really intriguing. I mean, we've, we've been able to find some good ones so far. We're going to keep doing this. The target this week is a guy that you got a shot to visit with, Russell Dickerson. Explain to the OT people in case they don't know, and they probably do, but in case they don't, who is Russell Dickerson? Well, Mike, Keith, you want to talk about stats. Russell Dickerson is a singer-songwriter from the Nashville area. He's a Nashville native. And his debut album, Yours, has amassed over 1.1 billion, with a B, worldwide streams. That's a lot of people listening to his music. He's got another album on the way called Southern Symphony. And he's got a single on the radio right now called Love You Like I Used To that everybody has in their heads all the time right now. And I had a chance to talk to him about 2020 as a whole with him creating all this new music, not being able to travel. He's been super busy, but the biggest change in his life has been right at home. All right, we are being joined by Russell Dickerson. Russell, I am so excited that you're here and there are so many things that I wanna talk to you about. New dad, how is new dad life treating you? When we first brought him home, we were like, you know, we got this. Like up every couple hours, like it's not that bad. And then like week four, five, six starts hitting of that. And then it's like, all right, we gotta we gotta start sleep training this baby. Like we can't be up every two hours all night. And so uh, we have, we, he's, uh, he's been getting better and we've been getting a little more sleep, but yeah, it get, you get a little hysterical, hysterically crying, laughing. And I was just like, wow, I haven't slept in weeks. Yeah, this is the manifestation of exhaustion. This is yeah, good. 100%. What surprised you the most about this dad life thing? Is it the extreme fatigue or is there something more? I don't know. It's not like really extreme fatigue. I mean, it is, but like, I love it. Like I get up in the middle of the night, wife feeds him. I change the diapers and, you know, burp him and get him back to sleep. And I'm like, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. Like I wouldn't rather be sleeping. I wouldn't rather be, you know, just coming off stage or being anywhere, like just being home, holding this little tiny human being that me and my wife created is like the best thing ever. Now that feels like a good segue because another thing that you have created recently is a new album that is going to be coming out in December. How has the lead up to being a dad maybe influenced the way that you created this album and some of the music that you're putting out now? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, you can hear it in the single we put out a few, I guess, a month or so ago called Home Sweet. And that when we wrote that song, I wrote it with my producer and Charles Kelly from Lady A. And so we 
we wrote that song as a timeline of me and my wife's relationship. It's like when we went on our honeymoon, we got back and I, I found out that I had just gotten dropped as a writer. So income completely stopped. My wife was babysitting and I was just trying to pick up gigs and play, you know, anywhere I could. And so, you know, that just kind of walks through, it starts there. And then it talks about us being on the road and broken AC hotel room, but no matter where, where we are, it's home sweet with you kind of thing. And then it comes around to the babies and this album really, really digs deeper into emotion. And my first album was, you know, super fun and lighthearted. And, and this one still is, it's still fun and lighthearted, but you know, it's more storytelling. It's deeper songwriting. It's much better songwriting in my opinion. And so every single song just tells the story of uh, the last few years of my life. Like love you. Like I used to is kind of, it kind of feels like part two of yours, which was my first single first number one and all that. But you know, it's the continuation. I don't love you. Like I used to, it gets better every time you kiss me and you know all that that kind of stuff it's just like it's just something i'm i could not be more proud of every single song i wrote every single song on this album as well and i would put these songs up against any and all songs it's just i'm so freaking pumped i do have to say that yours is one of my favorite songs of all time forever like a top fiver yeah. so i was very excited to have the opportunity to talk to you solely based on that. I'm a very big fan. But I do want to ask, when you're putting together songs and you're creating an album, how many songs do you actually have to go through to get like 10 good ones that you're like, this is the album, this is it? My first album, there were, I mean, hundreds. Like I'd been writing songs for four years leading up to this album. And then with album two, I'd say 60 to 75 songs. It's more just the songs that like, give you chills when you listen to it. Like you just know, like if you got chills, then somebody else out there is going to get chills when they hear this song. So that's really how I gauge the songs and, and you know, which ones do I keep wanting to listen to? You know, I try to listen to music that's out there, but honestly, I'm, I get so consumed with my own, just not, not for the selfish reason of I only listen to myself. It's just like, I want to, I want to listen to my music in the car on a sunny day. I want to listen to my music in the car on a rainy day. I want to listen to my music on my phone speakers in a park while I'm, you know, eating Jersey Mike's. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to listen to it any and everywhere to figure out which songs fit in daily life. And, and that's just like one of my favorite processes is figuring out what songs to put on a record. I think you're the first person that I've ever talked to who has vocalized what I always say about country music, which is, it feels like summer to me. Like country music is the quintessential summertime vibe. Like I am at the pool, at the lake, drinking a beer, living my best life every time I hear country music. And it sounds like you kind of do the same thing. You take it through like the scenarios where people would be listening to it and try to experience it in that space. Yeah, like we were at the lake uh, of couple months ago and we you know listen to the whole album on the boat it's like you got to listen to it where the people are going to be listening to it and this this album southern symphony is 100 percent a summertime jam session drink a beer wherever you are like legitimately in a field in a pool wherever you are this album is full of life and energy and fun and uh you know that's that's me that's what i do i'm not i'm not the breakup 
depressed, like whiskey drinking depression songs. Like I'm stoked on life and I want my music to sound that way. Now you mentioned something that's interesting to me in that you write all the songs on your album and I assume you write them with other people. You mentioned Lady A and some other well-known artists that people would know. Is the music industry kind of like professional football in that people don't necessarily realize how small of a world professional football is. People trade teams all the time. Coaches work with players all the time. Everyone kind of knows each other in the NFL space. Is music the same way where you've collaborated with this person, you've played a gig with this person, you all kind of know each other? Absolutely. Like, I remember when I signed my first deal, it was like, there are more there are more professional football players than there are professional songwriters, actually, you know. And it's like, if you let that sink in, it's like really true. And, and so, like, it is like, people trade managers all the time in the music business, people trade labels and this and that. And, you know, I write with my competition, like I write with Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line, I write with Thomas Rhett, I write with Lady A. And it's, it's, and I see that on the field too. It's so awesome to like, and, and like when somebody helps the other team up, like, I love that because like maybe they were probably teammates at some time before, you know, it's like, it's so cool to see that camaraderie, even like, even in the, the heat of battle, there's still that, that camaraderie, you know, a little tap on the tush or whatever, like great play, buddy. Like, I love seeing that. I want to ask you about your Titans fandom. This is a Titans podcast. How long have you been cheering for the old Tennessee Titans? I'm a day oneer. Day yeah? one. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in Tennessee. So always been a Tennessee anything fan. You know, Vols, anything Tennessee is what I can proudly plant my flag on. And so, yeah, I've been I've been here since the Oiler days. And I remember one night. We were coming home from church and my dad was like, you see the sky? You see the sky's a little brighter tonight. And I was like, what? And so we, I remember the first night they had turned on the lights at the Titan Stadium. We drove by to see like the huge lights all lit up and the brand new stadium, man. I got, I got chills just talking about it because it's like I've been, to, I've been to so many games there and it's just like the Titans are, that's my team. That's my, home, my hometown team. The old day oneers, as you call them, are an interesting group to me because they can really sense not only how much the team has changed, but how much Nashville has changed because of the team. Is that something you've noticed that Nashville has evolved since the National Football League has been in this city? Absolutely. Uh, we were here, we were in Nashville specifically probably two years before that, and I was like 10 years old. But yeah, just to see... It's, I mean, it's been a part of my growing up my entire, you know, adult life. And so it's just been so cool. Like, there's always that commonality of like, because play on Sunday, I grew up going to church every Sunday. And so, you know, the pastor would be like, hallelujah, amen, everybody go to the Titans game. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, it's just that cool, just camaraderie that we all have in common that that is now the Titans. Hit me with some of your favorite Titans memories, moments. Well, I mean, obviously the the Music City Miracle. I, you know, I was the I was the only one watching with the faith for this play. Like uh, my parents had stopped watching, and my 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 little sister, everybody had like just kind of well, you know, good game. 
And I was like, no, we can still win this. And then Music City Miracle happened and like went down in history. Then there's the heartbreaking, the mile long one yard or whatever they call it. That was, that was our Super Bowl victory right there. Those two plays are burned in my memory. That's the, a good one and a bad one. Somebody asked me like, who's your favorite NFL player of all time? And I said, Javon Curse. Cause like- That's a great answer. You know, like the freak, I was, I was in like eighth grade or ninth grade when, when he was like in his prime and everybody at school had number 90 on, like everybody was Javon Curse. And it's just like, he was the beast. He was just the beast. And so like, we did this like celebrity dinner event recently for, I think Rascal Flats puts it on yeah, and it's for charity and, and it's like, this it's all the celebrities are the wait the waiters the waiting for wishes dinner yeah yeah so i got to be a part of that and i'll be dang if eddie george and javon curse were all we were all serving tables together and i was like what am i doing here like i had like i had just started coming up you know like i, I wasn't that big and i'm sitting there with javon curse and eddie george just like towering i'm six foot four and so like javon curse and eddie george right here just like jacked out of their minds and uh you know that was a surreal moment for me because i just like idolized them growing up can you imagine being 10 year old you and going back and saying hey young russell let me tell you what's going to happen in your future would you have believed it probably you know i'm a dreamer i always <laughs> i always like to you know dream big dreams and so I, I would have been like, all right, I could kind of see that happening. But that would have rocked my world. Like, hey, you're going to be hanging out with Eddie George and Javon Curse one day. Give me your evaluation of the 2020 Tennessee Titans. What have you seen? What do you like? What do you don't like? I think this year we've come back with a smarter offense, a more versatile offense. That's what I'm stoked about is, you know, we, we still got Henry running the ball. And, but, you know, we're getting, we're getting touchdown passes too. And so that's what I'm stoked on. How often do you get to go to a Titans game? You are a very busy man now. You're touring, you're writing, you're recording. How often do you actually get to go to a Titans game? It has been a minute, honestly. You know, that's kind of the the bittersweet side of success is like, you know, you you get to a point where people want you on the road all the time. You're getting offers to be on the road all the time. And so that's kind of a trade-off of, you know, we don't get home until sometimes Sunday night. And we miss those, those days. And now that we're off, I'm like, I know there's like 20 people in the audience, but I want to be one of those 20 people. <laughs> I have a cardboard cutout of myself in the stands though. So oh, do you, do you know where it is? I don't, I, th I think they, they might move them. Last time I was in the, like the visitors end zone. The next time I go to the game, I will find yours. Hopefully it's somewhere close to mine and I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you. Yes. I'll make Let's sure you know where you're located. Let's take a selfie together. I think I'm it's right happening. next to like Tim McGraw. Oh, which, that's good company. Honored to be just sitting right there with Tim McGraw. I'm next to Mike Keith. So like, it's okay. fine. I hear it's you. Fine. Okay. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> It's not Tim McGraw. You've had the unique opportunity to see Nashville become a sports city in every sense of the word. What does that mean to you? And how fun has that been for you as both, obviously, a musician in Nashville, but a sports fan? At Bridgestone, or as it was, the Somay Center, we had a little uh, indoor football team called the Nashville Cats. 
-hmm. And that was when I think I was in like seventh grade. And literally the wide receiver for the Nashville Cats was one of my substitute teachers. And so like, <laughs> I, I just show, I'm just telling you how much I've seen this town change and how much, how much time I got in Nashville. Okay. <laughs> so a player from the Nashville Cats was literally my substitute teacher. Again, just jacked out of his mind. Huge dude. And so that was pre-Predators. And, you know, to see, to see the Titans come to town and just, just like even to see the people downtown after a win, you know, to see people flood out of Nissan Stadium, flood downtown Broadway, and just like only sports teams can do that. Only sports teams can draw that many people together and, and just like bring that every, – everybody's cheering for the same thing. We love the Titans. And, you know, after a win, you're downtown having a beer with everybody celebrating. Like, only, only the Titans can do that. And that's just, that's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, such a proud thing for me. That's a good guy right there. Good guy and a fan of yours, which is even cooler. Well, I was, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of touched by that, actually. I Mike, no Keith, idea. you're a cool dude. Well, you're very kind. People Thank think you. you're cool. Thank you. You're very kind. This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. We are very thankful for them sponsoring the OTP. Very thankful for all the OT people. Hope that uh, your holiday weekend is safe. Hope that you have a lot to be thankful for. And certainly hoping to leave Lucas Oil Stadium 8-3 and three and in control of the AFC South. That is the plan, folks. Yes. Will not be easy. No, no. I think this is going to be a doozy of a game, but I'm excited about it. And I, I like the energy going into this game. Got to stop Phillip Rivers. He's gotten hot the last five games. Amy, a stat for you here. Phillip Rivers, the last five games in which the Colts have gone four and one, averaging 291 yards per game passing, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Guy's only been sacked nine times all year. He's not taking hits, hasn't fumbled all year or hasn't lost a fumble all year. Um, so that's going to be the challenge. He played great against the Titans. Tennessee can't let it happen again. Nope. This is the time that we change some of those stats. Do I it. say, yep. I say we get after him a little bit. Get on the road. I-65 be headed up that way. Know some Titans fans are headed up that way as well. We hope to see you there. Remember this too, uh, not only Titans radio. And we're on the air at 11 a.m. Central time with Titans Countdown on your favorite Titans radio station. And there are many throughout the Mid-South, including 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, our flagship. But also, if you join us 80 minutes before kickoff, we have a preview of the ball game with the latest news. And that comes your way, TennesseeTitans.com. It's on the Titans Twitter feed. Is it Facebook as well? It's on Facebook, Mike Keith. Yep. So if you're at home and you're like, okay, who are the inactives? What are the, what's the latest news? Well, like last week, I told you who was going to start at left guard. He did. Mike Keith knew. I give you some stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else, but on this feed. And so we're, we're going to get you up to date. And the real hardcore Titans fans, the serious people, they know about this Live look in 80 minutes before the game. TennesseeTitans.com, the app, 
Facebook and the Titans Twitter. We've got it up. We've got it rolling. And we want to make sure that you're as plugged in as possible because this has been a really great addition to what we're doing on game day. And we want people to to take advantage of it more and more. And to those of you who do, thank you so much. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's been really great. For A.B. Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Hope you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend. And thanks for joining us for the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee. Making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.